What is going on, everybody? Uh, week 11 was in the books. It's in the books. Uh, bad weather, bad kicking, and a lot of bad teams being put out on blast. And I think it's a little early, but we have such a crystal clear picture of the playoffs right now. On like, I feel like the AFC and the NFC, I can tell you the five teams that are in it, and then it's figuring out who's winning the AFC North and who's winning the NFC North. Because it's kind of, it, unless crazy things happen, it looks almost set. And we're not even in week 12 yet. Yeah, I, I would agree. You're right. It's, it's nothing. The, the NFC East looks like it's going to have three in. And the AFC West looks like it's going to have three as well. Exactly right. Uh, yeah, I, I think the only thing we could look at is maybe if the West beats each other up a little bit. That would open up something for maybe a Miami, Dolphins team. Pittsburgh. Buffalo. Buffalo, right. The yeah. Colts. But even. like Pittsburgh and Baltimore, do you think that the North is going to get two people in? I don't. No, no. Because I, I, I don't have faith in either of those teams running away with it. No, I, I don't see that happening either. That's why I, It would take a monumental collapse by one of those AFC West teams for that to happen. One, let's welcome Josh Fendrick back hey, to everyone. the podcast. Hey, everyone. How are you? I'm here. Hey. Uh, they missed Great. me and Man, him. Man, I wish the audience could have hear, heard you two bicker at each other the, the first Fendrick was a little this. upset that I touch him a lot, but frankly, I do not get to see him all the time, right. and sometimes I miss him. Uh-huh. Uh, the one thing I wanted to tell you was my dad uh, told me to say, hey, Tell Dirty Legs that I saw him on that Monday morning quarterback show. Yeah, ah, Dirty Legs. Yeah, <laughs> bringing back legs. old Dirty Legs. And he said, yeah, I was watching. He's on there with these old other quarterbacks, and I don't know if they really know anything. <laughs> they kept talking about, like, turnovers and playing it safe, and Sims really thinks he really acted like he knew what he was talking. And I think there was one time where he really wanted to tell someone he was really wrong, but he kind of held back. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, Dad, it's really hard for Cla- Sims. Classic dirty legs. It's hard for Sims to do those shows because we did Facebook Live earlier, and I feel like we know these teams so well. I worked with some other guys, and they kind of know what's going on. I listen to these announcers, and they kind of know what's going on. And there's just so many fake people in the media space right now. That, Especially in the football space. You're oh, right. my gosh. It drives me crazy. It's something I actually, I actually bragged to my wife about at times at night. Because like no, nobody in my family watches any of our stuff, or, yeah. So they really have no clue. If Keeps I just, you grounded. If I told them I was the most amazing guy ever, they'd be like, "Really? Okay, cool." <laughs> and if I said I was the worst and getting fired, they'd be like, "Oh, okay." Like they have no idea. Yeah. Uh, but that's the one thing I will say. Like when we're watching Monday Night Football and stuff, I'm just like, ah, like uh, I just can't stand listening to this normal minutia. And she's like, "What do you mean?" And I'd be like, "Well, I like I'll go not to make you sound bad, but I'll be yeah. like." Lefko knows more football than these five people on here. Like he I definitely know. knows more than the host. And then the four guys that have actually played, like Lefko is paying more attention than they are. I know. Uh, and I don't mean that as in a bad way. Not at all. I just mean but like we're so in the weeds and we do this every day. Yes. And we are together every day. And all we talk about is football. I and know. there's TV on all over the place, football all day. And yes. there's really nothing we don't go without looking at. And with that, there's very few things that really surprise us. Um, and I'm looking over the games from last week. Ravens, you picked them to go over the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. You did not realize that Jimmy Smith and all those other injuries were going to be the case. You yep. told me that you probably would have ticked the Cowboys. But it's still an impressive win for a Cowboys team against a really good Ravens run defense. Yes. I'm not mad at myself for picking the Ravens game. Even as the game played out, I was like, okay, this is what I kind of expected. I thought they'd be able to make a play or two more. Yeah. I thought maybe they'd be able to force a Dak, Dak Prescott turnover this week, and it, which is showing almost impossible. He almost had a few throws early in that game where right. he put really dangerous situations. Yes. Um, so before this week, I said the Cowboys were the best team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I feel really good about that right now. I, I think it's uh, – What could – other than an injury – 
what could ruin this? This because I said this a few weeks ago. They remind me of the Panthers from last year, where it's a lot of based on uh, interesting running schemes, and then it allows the rest of their team to kind of evolve off of that. Mm-hmm. Um, what's slowing them down? I, I don't really know if anything can. I mean, it the would have Giants. To be- Multiple injuries on the offensive line. I mean, that's it's not even one's going to do it. If they had to play, I mean, it looks like they're going to have home field advantage. If they had to play in Seattle, would that be tough, or do they match up well with Seattle? I think they match up well. I, I really the Giants are the toughest team. I feel yeah, like. and Seattle Those and will Washington be the two teams. Yes, because Washington might be able to play a shootout type of. But I would worry about Washington still. This is a much better Cowboys offense than the first yes. time they played and each other. And I don't other. know if Washington could get a consistent pass rush against them. Yeah. The Giants might could. The Giants could. And the Giants are creative enough with what they do in the secondary. They have enough talent. They have guys like Dominique Rogers, Camardi, Eli Apple, Janoris Jenkins, who they could say every now and then, like, you know, we can trust them, like, on an island with Des Bryant, like, 20 times a game yeah. and maybe take some shots and do some different kinds of stuff. Let's power rank the NFC. Number one in the NFC is the Dallas Cowboys. Yes. Do you make the Seahawks number two? I do make the Seahawks number two. Number three, it's a battle between the Atlanta Falcons, the New York Giants. That's probably just those two teams. I think so for number two. Not the Redskins. Number three. The Redskins are in that conversation. I take the Giants as the number three team. So you go Dallas, Seattle, New York. Yes. And then number four, Atlanta. I'm, I'm going to go Atlanta, but and just then Washington barely, five. Right. So three teams from the NFC East in the top five. Number six, are you putting the Lions, the Vikings, the Bucks, or the Eagles? I'm putting the Lions. Okay, but I think it's very close. I like the Vikings Lions game. I'm excited for. My dad's doing that game on Thanksgiving this week. Oh, nice. And I think that is two teams that I have no idea. Look, every Lions game is the same. It's six to three, six to six, three to three at halftime, and then at the end of the game, it's hey Matt Stafford. We've kept it really close, and now it's time for you to get Ebron and Theo Riddick and see what you could do. I can't, Every freaking week, it's un- I can't believe that game. First of all, I did not even like that was a game yesterday. I did not watch for two seconds. Yes, I was watching, trying to watch other things. It was a punt return touchdown. And, and it was an interception, interception return. return I didn't realize that that's what Minnesota happened. and the Vikings, Minnesota, Minnesota and the Lions. Minnesota right. won with a kick return touchdown, an interception return touchdown. Lions won with a punt return touchdown, an interception return touchdown. Man. Neither offense. And we think the Lions offense is good because of Stafford. Right. It's not good. No. They have no running game. They have zero running game. Zero. He's and it's the defense their... that's actually been keeping them in all these games. Yeah. Uh, well, their defense, I-, I think, too, like Levy didn't play. Mm. But he's, it sounds like he's coming around the corner. He's if he doesn't close. play this week, it's going to probably be next week. Uh, Anza looks like he's getting better. He's still not the same as Ezekiel Anza. Uh, Darius Slay, having him healthy. The big thing, though, and I know Lefko, you and I have talked about this. I just can't remember when the hell we talked about it. Was They got a lot of big people on their D-line. That's yes. the one thing. That's the, one of the greatest strengths of their team. You're not going to go and overpower that Detroit. And they have Terrell Austin. Exactly right. Who should be up for a head coaching job again because what he's doing with no secondary in Detroit is crazy. Mm -hmm. Are the Packers dead? I I mean, to me, they are. They're not dead because of that division, but they're dead. I mean, to me, they're... That's so true. They win a few games against these division rivals. I mean, whoever loses Thanksgiving, they're a game back from second place in the division, and they all play them again. They all play each other. So that's where they're not really dead... But to me, they are dead. The wheels gotcha. are falling off. The defense is a disgrace. The pass game, the pass defense, the run defense, it's all being destroyed right now. Cardinals are dead? Yes, I think the Cardinals are dead. Eagles are dead? I mean, the Cardinals are officially have the disease. I mean, it's a disease. It's unreal. It's, it's Losing happens. big in the playoffs. Or just, and just losing, like finding ways to lose. It's happened all year. We saw it in the preseason. 
some years you just have this disease it's, where I kind of I kind of think it's the law of averages. Last year they messed up, but they would eke out all of those games. Yep. This year they're doing that, and I look at the Bengals, and it's like all these injuries. So Giovanni Bernard out for the year, mm-hmm. ACL. AJ Green not out for the year. Apparently could play again. It's a severely strained hamstring. You go all those years with no injuries to your core guys. They're going to get hurt eventually, and all those years of eking them out. But and of course for the Cowboys, their key guy gets hurt, and then they put in Dak Prescott another night. Oh my one, gosh! So. Yeah, because that was your whole thing with the Cowboys before last season. It right? was that Romo, Witten, and Demarco Murray. Yeah. None of the, or Dez. None of them got hurt, and then that next year they all, they all got, got hurt. hurt. Yeah, right. Um, the Eagles, to me, I saw something in the Packers game last night. I brought this up to you earlier. The reason that Russell Wilson is okay in my mind with. Um, Curse and Baldwin and all these guys is he is exceptional and if he has guys around him that play their roles they'll catch the ball they don't always take it all the way but they allow him to be great all those years with Aaron Rodgers Jordy Nelson Randall Cobb they caught the ball that's why Richard Rodgers is the perfect tight end he catches the ball in that game last night, they get it to Jared Cook he fumbles it because he's a I don't catch the ball every time but I could be great the Eagles have a bunch of the, I don't catch the ball all the time, but I could be great guys. Nelson Aguilar. I listened to Eagles radio today. It was three hours of kickoff Nelson Aguilar. And my friend uh, Dan, who I mentioned last week, was uh, arguing against uh, the Cowboys. His question for you was, good question for Sims, what do you even say to a guy like Nelson Aguilar at this point? What, what do you do with a wide receiver that drops important balls and thinks that dropping isn't an issue. Uh, There's nothing that's going to be said. I mean, he's going to feel the pressure. His position coach is going to talk to him. That's the first thing. Right. And they're going to continue to work on drills. They're probably going to work on more more than anything, just taking the pressure off himself in some of these situations. Because that's really, with a lot of these guys, that's what it ends up being. They drop a ball. They miss a ball in a big spot. They start to think, oh, the defense is looking at me. The quarterback doesn't have any faith in me. And they start to go through these mental gymnastics of kind of overcoming those things. There's nothing that's going to be said or done to fix him. What's going to have to happen is they just got to find some ways to get him the ball early in some games, give him a little confidence, and let him go from there. But, yeah, that was, that was disheartening. I mean, that really was. Uh, I, I, I picked the Eagles to win that upset yeah. game. Uh, wise man once said you never go full retard. That's a quote from Tropic Thunder. Anybody out there that wants to make sure I'm politically correct, <laughs> there we go. It's a quote from Robert Downey Jr. who is dressed as a black man in <laughs> Tropic Thunder and says you never go full retard. Uh, but that's what I did for that game. And, um, yeah, that was just disappointing. Thanks for the clarification. No, I, I just wanted that. to make sure in yeah, case. Yeah, no, I got you. Don't worry. Does that get to stay on? You no, think? you're good. Yeah, you're good. It gets to stay on because of the clarification, right? All right, yeah, hold on. So, for your point. But, damn, the, the, to not line up right at uh, certain on formations. the play. Drop the deep cross. Like, you know, Seattle's just one of those teams that you can't afford to have no. any of those kind of mistakes, especially and in Pete Seattle. And Pete Carroll continues to call up the surprise play at the perfect time. It's unbelievable. His timing is amazing. And there's an energy on that sideline right now, whether it's Richard Sherman, Chancellor, and Earl having that back on lock where they're goading quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. or it's the offense of Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin and all those guys coming together. Losing C.J. Procise sucks. Stinks. Because that made them very, very dangerous. Thomas Rawls, 
He's no C.J. Proceis, but at least they have a solid running back that's healthy that will be able to block and do all those things. Yeah, and it's the second week in a row we've seen them at least have a few plays where they open yeah. up holes in the run game. Yeah. We said, okay, here we go. Um, so you look at the NFC picture, and we're going to move on after this. But I'm with you. Seattle's got the mojo going. They got it. They got it. And then you look and at if their they schedule. And if they get home go, field geez. advantage, look, if the Cowboys drop a game, because the Seahawks have a tie, they're sharing two losses. Right. Seahawks could steal because the Cowboys could lose to the Giants. They could lose to the Eagles. They could lose to Washington. They absolutely could lose a yeah, divisional they game. Play the Vikings too. and Seattle's playing the lowly Rams, who they only lose one game of the year, and they already got that out of the way. The <laughs> Cardinals they should be fine against, and the Niners are a joke. Yeah. But if you look at the NFC playoff picture right now, division winners: Cowboys, Seahawks, Falcons, and either Lions or Vikings. And then you got to think Giants, Washington are getting the other two spots. Right, and you know, and the team that we we're not talking about, which we always leave this game out a little bit, man. Like the Saints would have been interesting if they oh. would have won that football game. Yes, uh, that would have been an interesting discussion because they are a team that has really come on strong here yet as an, of late. Two yet heartbreakers. Another, yet another team that covered for me through the eleven games yesterday. I went oh. nine, two, and one. Wait, and you covered with Jacksonville, Jacksonville, uh, Detroit. Oh my! I went gosh. nine, two, and one against the spread last week, and it was the first week I didn't bet. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And I would have been ten and two if the Patriots held on to that win. Yeah. Um was there anything else in the NFC? No, I, I kind of think it it's it's there, you know? Uh yeah, that's it. Oh, the only thing I wanted to say about that Panthers Seeds game, that was really scary for me watching that Luke Keekley thing. I listen, I, the amount of people I saw mm-hmm. the next day going, Luke Keekley was crying because he wants to be back out there and he, he cares about this game. I texted you and said, I think th- you said maybe he lost his vision. I just uh, listen to guys me like that a, looked like someone that was afraid of their life uh, or was having an impulsive cry, which I know can be an offset ramification of concussions. Right. I, I, yeah. To me, it looked like a guy that was like, oh, my gosh, what is going on with my brain? What's going on? I'm ta- having a total meltdown here on the middle of the field. I mean, they escaped from commercial break at one point. He was sitting up normal, but he was still Shook. losing his crap so much and crying and bawling out of his eyes that they literally like, okay, I guess we're going to have to take a commercial break. They like couldn't sit him up. You're right. They were. It, I mean, it looked like someone who just watched a murder. I thought for sure. I was like, damn, he's acting like he has a concussion. But then they started to show the replays, and you saw like his left knee buckled a little. I was like, man. I guess he tore his ACL. That's why they're bringing the card out. And they brought the card out for I mean, concussion. I mean, I thought, I, I don't know if he's going to play again. I, I would be, I definitely don't think he plays this year. I think there's a good chance Luke Keekley retires after the year. I really do. I Ron think Rivera said uh, today that there is, he is in concussion protocol and there is no timetable for his return. And to even give one would be unfair. Yeah. I mean, he missed, what, three games last year because of a concussion? Most people don't realize, too, and this is a big thing, too. I just like to fans out there, Luke Keekley's not a big man. Like, he's not, even though I know he looks like he's got some big muscles in his uniform and everything, if you saw Luke Keekley in person, you'd go, Damn, this is Luke Keekley. He's going around killing mm. everybody. Like the difference between he's Luke- not Dante Hightower. Exactly right. That's a great, per- like a great example of it. Yeah, he's yeah. not Dante Hightower or some of these other big middle line. Anthony Barr, who would be like a a Greek Adonis walking through. You'd be like, holy yeah. cow, that's a middle linebacker. Yeah, Keekley's he's kind of underwhelming when you see him in person. And I do think it's those Which guys makes him that much more impressive. It, it makes him that much more impressive, but also that much more likely 
for, for to have the concussion issues. Yes, because you're just you're you're playing a big man's position and taking big man collisions, and you're just not that big. Yeah, of a we man. always talk about how running backs' careers are shorter because of the constant car crashes. Well, the running back of the defense is typically the middle linebacker who's filling in that hole, mm-hmm. and then you know the fullback goes into this. Well, make your fullback point before we get to the AFC. We talked about it today. We I've said this before. The tight end position ten years ago was deemed to be a dying breed, mm-hmm. and then we saw this influx of Gronk and Jimmy Graham. Right. You're starting to see that now with the fullbacks when you looked at the top offenses in the NFL. Yeah, did we, did, I, did we do this as a hidden truth last year? Well, I asked to do it a bunch, I think. I don't know if we actually ever did it. I'll go it. back to the Oracle I know, last look, year. But see. we did it today. Yeah. Uh, but I've been asking because, again, it came to fruition again. It was yep. the Falcons, the Patriots, uh, the Saints, the, Saints the, Titans. the Tennessee Titans, the Oakland Raiders were like the five Six teams. Six of the top eight teams. The only teams that are not were the Cowboys yeah. and the Washington Redskins. Right. Who don't even, I don't even know if they have a fullback on their roster, either one. But six of the top eight offenses use a fullback often. Yes. And you see it almost as much as a, a power in the running game as it is the distraction to open up the big-time pass. Yeah, I think that's the really the big thing it does. It, it opens up the big pass plays. Yeah, of course you're going to run the ball with your fullback there. It allows you to do, when you have a fullback, it allows you to do a few more creative things in the run game. That's the first advantage of it gives you. Then it gives you an advantage to do some creative things off the run game when you have the bootleg passes. You could sneak the fullback out of the backfield. He can act like he's going to block the defense end and go back out. Whatever it may be, he might act like he's going to block the middle line backer and go out in a route. Either way, there's a lot of things you could do there. But then, yes, you're right. It helps sell the play-action passes where to the point where, I, like, the, like I used in the video, there's a reason Julio Jones is open like 20 yards behind the defense so much in that Atlanta offense. They have the fullback in there. They run DeMarco's the, running right. Devontae Freeman's running right. right. they got a pulling Chris Chester They've as well. They've run for 8 or 10 yards on that run play already, and yeah. the linebacker goes, oh, here they go again. Let me go stop that run. Oh, wait, Matt Ryan's keeping it. It's and he's just very up. interesting that when I hear you talk about defensive schemes, what you do in terms of scouting and coaching is you go, what formation do they run on these second downs? Mm-hmm, right. And then when you see a fullback in there, a linebacker or a defensive end, who I've spoken with enough of them to realize that they're not really analyzing the game plan. They go, there's fullback, I'm responsible for B-gap. Exactly. And that's how their brains right. work. And you can really get the mindset of a team going, we need to go downhill to combat this and completely mess them up. Yeah, I mean, as soon as the in fact, as soon as the fullbacks in, the defense is thinking, "Oh, uh, we got to have our base defense in. Let's get ready to stop the run." Here comes the fullback, and it's unbelievable the amount of times a fullback slips out and they're wide open. Exactly right, and, and you just, always go, and I always go, "Great play call, great play call." <laughs> it's taking advantage of what you're saying a little bit. Linebackers, uh, they got a lot to think about. They're organizing their defense. Oh, I'm responsible for this run gap. If they run this play, I got to wor- I got to worry about the guy crossing behind me. Yeah. Oh wait, here they're faking the run to this gap. I got to go get that gap because they got to make the tackle. Oh, he kept it. And, man, the fullback's out the back door. Oh, yeah. crap. It's part of the reason also you look at the Packers, nobody's open because there's no threat of a run game. You look at the Lions, nobody's open. There's no threat of a run game. Yes. They're always relying on James Starks or a Theo Riddick. The run game is these – exactly right. It's the run game has become screens to the receivers, screens yeah. to the running backs, quick balls. That's all it is. You just watched the Tampa Bay game. Yeah. Doug Martin back – to me, makes them a different team because he looked unbelievable yesterday yeah, I, and, against the Chiefs. And, and the big thing, I think, too, is, is not that he was like you know these groundbreaking runs, but it just gave them enough of a run game to keep 
uh, keep Kansas City's defense honest to where they go, man, we got to actually respect this run game. We got to get our safeties back up in there in the last yes. scrimmage. And then that's where and he's And then Mike Evans exactly over the top right. is. So exactly. I, I'm going to cautiously keep my eye on Tampa Bay yeah. because Jameis is a quarterback that could throw you in the playoffs because what he did against the Chiefs yesterday in Kansas City, if you could do it there, you could do it almost anywhere. Yeah. Well, and Jameis and we, is not afraid. And we got to talk about, like, again, to put this in context, there was this movie called Tropic Thunder, and his name was Robert Downey Jr., and he is a white guy that they dressed up as a black okay, guy. Okay, what is your point? And we, Who we messed said up? He never oh, full retard. Kansas City went, played too much, man. No, Alex Smith went full retard throwing an interception oh. to Chris Conte in the end zone. I mean, I, it was... Tony Romo to the Chiefs, 2017. Holy Make it cow, that was a huge play. They're the best team. They're the best team, worst quarterback combination. The Houston Texans are fighting for They're that crowd. There, right. um, Jacksonville's probably in third. Denver right now might have it, but I would pay, take Trevor Sivian over Alex I would put Jacksonville in the best team, worst quarterback combination. I, a lot like, of talent with a crappy right, but quarterback. But is Jacksonville ready with Tony Romo? I, yeah, I do think so. Wow. I do. Ja- Jacksonville... I've never seen anything like it. In fact, I've never seen a team dominate two football games like they did yesterday against Detroit yes. and last week against wow. Kansas City and lose both football games. Their defense is really good. Yes, it really like, is. There was a time in fantasy where if your guy was playing against Jacksonville, you were like, Jake Pat. Yep. But they're scary because they're so big. They have so many big guys up front. So many big guys on both sides Their linebackers the are fast. They're built well. Yes. Gus Bradley's going to get fired because the GM took a crappy quarterback with the third pick. It's, it sucks. It's effed up. AFC, New England Patriots. Am I the only one that's crazy that thinking that if Malcolm Mitchell didn't break that off for 60 yards – the 49ers could have scored a touchdown there and made it a real big game with yeah, the Patriots? Yeah, I mean, certainly. I mean, even before that, I mean, it was a great little scramble by Brady falling down to throw in the back. It was 13-10 to 10 with 13 minutes left in the game. I mean, yeah. you know, that's – yeah. New England's defense is something to be concerned about, I think, to a degree. Uh, there's just no difference maker. There's nobody that causes havoc. That's the one thing you watch yesterday, like – Car- is there anybody that's going to bust in the backfield and stop Carlos Hyde every Jabal now and then? Sheard's not even making the trip no, anymore. No, so there's there's issues there altogether. It's very interesting to get rid of Collins, mm-hmm. to get rid of um, Chandler Jones, Chandler Jones, and now Jamal Sheard's not even traveling. It, Belichick is is kind of sacrificing everything. He, right I, now. I mean, I feel like he's getting personal in his old age a little bit. Like he's like, I let go of Chandler Jones because of you, and how dare you not get ten sacks? Because I have you here, so yeah. your bench stay here. It's just you can never question him. No, they just can't. No, and they win the football game, and they do it yes. the right way. And they very- how can the Colts own this division? <laughs> so much. I mean, it, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. This is supposed to be the resurgent Titans, and Andrew Luck does whatever he wants. Yeah. Now, granted, the Titans came back and made it a game, and if they had five more minutes, I think it could have been interesting. Well, one of the points that I think is not being talked about in that game, too, is they had all the momentum. It was 21 to 14. Yes. They were on their the own. The Titans did. The yes. Titans were uh, 21 to 14. They didn't get a first down. It was like fourth and two or three, and they decided to go for a fake punt in the third quarter. I thought that was really one of the dumber decisions of the day. Uh, Why co- go for special teams fakes when you have the momentum and you can actually get it with your offense? Right. I, I, I don't get it either. So th- that was uh, a little troubling to me. But Andrew Luck, listen, I don't, you heard me say this earlier today. They're not the more talented team than the Tennessee Titans. I mean, mm. they're really not. But Andrew Luck is the great equalizer, and that's what he was to start the game. I mean, they really they dominated – the first half of the game, they were dominated in the second half of the game. Yeah, uh, and and true form of the Colts too. I mean, there they were with a chance to put the game away. Really, 
kick the field goal, go up 24 to nothing. The game's going to be over, but he misses it, and then they let the Titans go down the field and score a touchdown. Man, Um, when you look at the AFC, it's the Patriots. It's the Raiders right now leading the West. The Texans are leading the South. Any chance the Colts pass the Texans? Yes. Yes. But one one team's getting in from the South. Yeah. Um, And then right now the Ravens are leading the North. I mean, that's going to come down to the Ravens and Steelers. Houston, after tonight, is going to be one game ahead of... The Indianapolis Colts. I look at the AFC, and the one team that could mess this up is the Dolphins, who came back. What did you think of Jared Goff? Uh, it was okay. It was nothing special. I'll say this. He made a few nice throws. The one thing I look at him compared to Case Keenum is go, like, Case Keenum needs a clear pocket to throw the ball. Jared Goff, at least with his size, his long arms, like, there were some people around him a few times, and he could still get it out with a little pace and accuracy. Mm. He did show a little athleticism, but to be really fair... It's a I, tough game. It was raining. Exactly. It was, a, it was as sloppy well, as it he's gets. playing the Saints, I think, in New Orleans, so there's no slop next week to no. get a good evaluation. Uh, Jeff Fisher is closing in on being the Lenny Wilkins of the NFL. Mm. Uh, most games lost ever by a head coach. Um, he is now 173-162-1. He's now tied with Tom Landry for second place in the career loss list. Dan Reeves is the worst all-time with 165. So if Fisher loses three more games this season, he's tied for the most losses ever. Wow. And he's not even in the all-time top 10 in career wins. So no. it's not like most That's wins, what, I most mean, what, losses. What does it say? What, is, what was Landry's final, final win victory? Him, uh, Landry him? was 250, 162, and 6. Okay. So he was almost 100 games over 500. Fisher is nine or 11 games over 500. Man, and what about uh, our man Dan Reeves? Dan Reeves was 190, 165, and right, 2. So right. he was at least 25 games over. Yep. Uh, Jeff Fisher, I know you didn't want to see that 7-9 bullshit. But you're closing it in on like that. Looks like it's coming that way. Nine. Um, I, yeah, I think the Dolphins. I will say this. I said this before. Adam Gase, the second half adjustments are there. Every single game, the Patriots game, the Chargers game, they come back out in the second half and they change it up and they do it. Adam Gase is the guy. I don't know if Ryan Tannehill's the guy, but it's hard to evaluate him with no all. Um, Albert and no Pouncy. Yeah, listen, that was just a tough game. That was the worst game in the NFL season, maybe. I mean, I, I did not miss there. a play yesterday, and that was that was pretty hard. But I had all three of those four few Twitter games questions. Uh, Mark Bajan asking. He watched our Facebook live where someone made a Phil Sims joke, but he wants to know yeah. if Phil were in today's NFL in his prime, where would he stack up against today's quarterbacks? Who Ooh. would he compare to best? Wow. You think Carson Wentz? Yeah, I mean, I do think he has that type of build. Yeah, throwing motion. Uh, you know. I guess I, I the, the guy that really comes to my mind sometimes, and my dad was my dad actually was athletic early in his career. But to me, another guy he really reminds me of, at least the way he stands in the pocket, is Andrew Luck. Mm. Not that my dad is as let, as athletic as him, or maybe even as good as him. Either way, but I think my dad is a lot better than people realize. Um, I think. Man, yeah, I, I think that would be somewhere along those lines. He was a less mobile Andrew Luck who stood in the pocket and threw the ball down the field, but never had a T.Y. Hilton, uh, never had a Philip Dorsett. Yeah. Uh, yeah, somewhere along those lines. I had someone write on my Instagram, lets him know that he is now 0-10 in picking the Vikings this season. 
You, Keep it going, baby. I am officially next week. I want you to tell me who the Vikings are taking, and I'm just going to take the other team. Right. I well, just I think it'll be really funny. I'm not going to do any yeah, analysis. Right. Who are they playing? They're playing Detroit oh, on Thanksgiving. Then I'm then well, well I'm not going to tell you who I'm picking because I want to know who you're picking, and then I'm going to go the other way. Okay. That is so incredible to be that wrong about a team, which means did you pick against the Vikings for the first five games? I did. I kept going, yep, this will be the week. There's no way they can keep winning this way. There's That's no way they keep winning this way. This is like Schultz during March Madness refusing to pick Villanova in any round. But I was and like, man, they can't run the ball. They can't throw the ball. The defense can't keep doing this, and they did it for and five weeks. And then you weeks. picked them against and the Eagles. And then finally I was like, okay, it's official. This is what they do. So you picked against them for five weeks. They went 5-0. and oh. You picked with them for four weeks, and they went 0-4. Oh and four. And then you went, okay, fine. You know what? I'm going to say they lose. And then they beat the Arizona. You're 0-10. Oh yeah. That's incredible. Incredible. They are a really hard team to figure out, and I will give credit Pat Shermer with the offense. He found out who his athletes were. Stefan Diggs, Cordero Patterson, crossing routes. Yeah. It's very simple. They're getting it going. Uh, and then the last one was uh, A for Teori uh, on Twitter. Will UT alum Sims talk about Charlie Strong? Great man, but if Texas loses to Kansas, shouldn't that be the nail in the coffin? Yeah, it is the nail in the coffin. I mean, come on. We all know the writing's on the wall. This is the University of Texas. They're not going to put up with this. I, I don't know Charlie real well other than a few – exchanging of messages between people, not even personally between him. Uh, I do have a great deal of respect for what he did at Louisville, what he built there. I mean, we've seen all these first-round picks come out of Louisville, whether it be Bridgewater, Devontae Parker. I mean, you go down the list, Sheldon Rankins. Those are all yeah. Charlie Strong guys. I do think he could get the da- talent down there at Texas, uh, but it seems like he's fighting the establishment a little bit down and I, there, I'm gonna, and Texas is a pain in the ass. I'm going to say this, though. I don't think it's all that. I love Charlie. Yeah. I've talked to Charlie on the phone. I consider him a friend almost. Almost. My thing with him at Louisville was he was such a good recruiter and he was such a good motivator that a lot of that could overshadow his in-game coaching. Mm -hmm. And I think he is a fantastic recruiter. I think he's a very good defensive coordinator because of the values he's instills defensively. But there was a lot of times at Louisville that I wanted to call him out, and I couldn't because they kept winning these games. But a lot of his late-game decision-making wasn't good, and he was another guy of the have the headset up at the critical point of the game. And I would look down, and I would go, how can you be making game-time decisions when you're not even talking to your coaching staff? Right. But it's interesting. That's a, I don't, everyone says, oh, everyone would have coached here. I think after how you see it end with Mac Brown and end with Charlie Strong, I don't know if, you'd, if that's considered an elite job anymore. Well, it's kind of a lot. I don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze. You're, I mean, I get you. Would saying, you rather coach there or LSU? You're effing crazy. I would rather coach there. They're their own animal. They're, they're so much bigger than LSU. It's not even close. That's, that's, you won't really know until yeah, you get but, down but, there. But, okay, but then I, t- can, I think about it, it's like the thunder. Right. Why do I need to get $130 million to play with the New York Knicks and take all of the grief with the New York market and have all these high expectations when I could take $130 million in Oklahoma City? I can still be a worldwide brand because the internet's changed that. I'm still in the NBA. I can still be on national TV all the time. Why do I need to go to these big markets with these crazy boosters that have their hands in the pot? I don't understand that. Why does Tom Herman have to leave Houston if the salary is comparable and he can still get recruiting? I don't understand 
in anymore. We're past this point. We're having the establishment behind Because it probably won't be comparable. I That's just saw why. a presidential election where we they got they don't need any funding from lobbyists okay, anymore. Okay, but this is college football. And it's pretty damn like politics. And it's, you're comparing te- Texas. Texas is like Texas and the Republican Party have a lot of similar things whole, in common. Well, of course. I mean, it's the state of Texas. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt. But I mean, to compare like Houston money to Texas money, that's like. That's ridiculous. So you're saying it's going to come down to who can afford recruits more? I mean, they they're going to be able to buy any coach they want. They're going to be able to offer. I mean, they were going to offer Nick Saban at 12 million a year, 10 years, 120 million. I'm just saying the grass is not and always they, greener, and Texas continually brings in turf. Well, listen, and then the other thing is, yeah, once you get it going, it can be a nonstop machine. So yeah. I think that's the other thing you got to take into account. That is too. that's true. I just I don't know. I think the whole let's go to a big place because it's super cool. I don't know. I look at it in our business. It's not always great. There's a lot more buttoned-up bullshit you got to deal with. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Houston, Oakland tonight. I think we're both going with the Raiders. Yep. Um, altitude should be cr- – I didn't realize it was 7,500 miles up in the air. Yeah. It's going to be – I would be shocked if we don't see teams uh, have some issues here. The big thing to me is – this is what drives me crazy, and we'll see if it happens tonight. My pet peeve is – I can't stand when I have to see a guy in the second quarter go leave to get an IV. Hey, f***er, get an IV before the f***ing game. Get an IV at f***ing halftime. That's what you should do if you got a lot of muscles and not a lot of body fat. Like, this will be a game tonight. We're going to see guys miss, miss a drive or two because they had to go get an IV. I hate that. Yeah. I don't know why I had to say that. Well, no, it's, you know, you do all this preparation before the game, and then that is part of preparation. Yes. Your body needs to be prepared. All right. All uh, right. Uh, felt good. So we're going to be doing another podcast. We're going to be recording it on Wednesday so that when you want to get away from your family on Thursday for Thanksgiving, hide off in a back room, and we'll be doing the podcast for then. Fendrick, you and I will be here. So happy Thanksgiving. I might be here, actually. You will be? Yeah, I think I will be. Oh, my God. Good. It's good to hear. Yeah. I'm going to touch you so Where much. else would you be? It's Wednesday. Uh, taking a day off. I don't know. That might be nice. Oh. Maybe not, though. We'll see. Okay. How dare you? Yeah, how dare I? Uh, if you listen to this podcast, let's actually do something. He's frustrated right In the now. football world, in the football world, I want you to tweet at the Sims and Lefko Twitter account, what are you thankful for for the NFL season? And make it weird. Make it abstract. Let's get odd with this. Tweet at us, at Sims and Lefko. What are you thankful for? It could be podcast-related, too. Let's see what you guys come up with. We'll tackle it all on episode Ninety? Ninety. Ninety. Did we do we did eighty nine last week? Eighty nine last week, yeah. Ninety. Steve Smith. All right. Uh have a great week and we'll talk to you on Thursday. <laughs> have a great week. Peace out, homies. <laughs> <See ya. laughs> Fendrick, say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.